episode is sponsored by the award-winning book, Spirit of the Woods, the story of a young woman's encounter with Bigfoot by James Allen Ross. Hey, Boo Fangs. It's your girl, Rebecca. And Lily. And you're listening to... Just Gooey Things. Ooh. Hey, Booth Bangs, and welcome back to Just Ghouly Things, and we are your beautiful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. Hey. So, as we've talked about, as we just said, it has officially been two years since our first episode of Just Ghouly Things was launched on Apple Podcasts, and... That's crazy to me. Yeah. Lily, you know, do you want to talk about, like, the first time we decided to do just ghouly things for new listeners that maybe haven't listened to the other episodes where we talk about it. Okay. So I was on my phone, from my perspective, it was, I was just on my phone one day and Rebecca and I hadn't seen each other in like three years, right? We saw each other in 2016. And before that it was like 2012. Yeah. So we hadn't, we had barely seen each other um, we had seen each other three years ago, but like we were active on Facebook and Instagram and everything. And, but I saw, I had a DM from her and we had sent each other posts every now and then, but it was like this message. And it was like, Hey, um, I, I forget exactly what it said, but it was like, you know, Hey, I'm thinking of starting this paranormal podcast. And I think it would be really fun. You know, if like we could get together and maybe talk about it, I have some ideas and I miss you and you know, it'd be a great excuse to get together and you know, what's your number? I don't have it anymore. So I gave her my number and we met up at the mall and we just like got lunch and caught up. We were there for like three hours. It was insane. And we so like, we just went to the mall, we got burgers and we just kind of started mapping things out, things we could talk about, um, you know, uh, kind of setting up and Rebecca, at, you know, obviously had this big, so, like successful social media following. And so I was, you know, obviously leaving that in her hands and just kind of sitting and listening to her ideas. And as we talked, it all just kind of fell into place. And I remember, you know, we had, you had like a notebook and we were making notes of, you know, potential episodes and what our first episode could be and, you know, things we could, you know, places to go and things to cover and everything. And I was in charge of the names. Yes. <laughs> the potential name. With the name of the podcast. <laughs> and I had, I remember I went home and my parents were like, how's Rebecca? Like, oh, we love her so much. How is she? It was it good to see her? And we were, you know, I, I told them about what you had been up to and everything. And then I was like, okay, like I'm in charge of names. And I sat down and I jotted some down in the notes app on my phone. And one of them was, so of course one of them was just ghouly things. And then there was like, what were the other ones? Do you even remember? Okay. okay. So I don't know if you remember, but Originally, we weren't even going to name this just ghouly things. The first choice was Ghouls Gone Wild. Ghouls Gone Wild, yes! There but was there was already a podcast that had just started that was called that. So we were like, we obviously can't do that. We want to be our own thing. Yes! That's right. Ghouls Gone Wild. And then there was, I wanted it to maybe, I was thinking of Boo Bitches was a strong possibility. Because yes. we're just like two catty bitches talking about ghosts. But I was like, mm, that can't really be like directed towards children. 
And then I thought of that 2012, like 2010 Tumblr page, just girly things when it would be like dancing in the rain, just girly things, shopping trips with friends, just girly things. And I was like, what about just ghouly things playing off of the whole ghoul girl thing I thought would be fun. And that's just what we landed on. Just getting possessed. Just yeah. ghouly things. <laughs> the hat man, just ghouly things. And it's so weird because now looking back, I think that calling this podcast just ghouly things just fits so well. I don't know mm-hmm. why. It just like, it makes sense. I remember I was so upset that the ghouls gone wild didn't work out at first. Yes. Oh my God. I can't believe I forgot about Ghouls Gone Wild. That was a really, yeah, but we could still make it an episode title if we haven't already. I don't know if we have. I don't know why we haven't. Yeah, we should totally do that. Yeah, we really misunderstood the assignment, as the kids say. But uh, yeah, it's even that one, the first time we met after not seeing each other for years, you guys, like Lily and I have always, like we said, we've always stayed in touch, but it really it really proved how true our friendship is because the yeah. moment I saw Lily and we caught up, it was literally like, we didn't miss a beat. You it know? was like no time had passed. Absolutely none. We caught up. I mean, everything was normal. We didn't have to try to make conversation. It just flowed. And I remember leaving after we had separate saying bye or whatever. And I was like, this is going to happen. And <laughs> I was like, this is like something big. And I went from not seeing Lily for years to now seeing her almost every single week, whether it's on the phone or in person. And Lily is one of my best friends. And I'm so thankful for this podcast because like, I think it reconnected us. And you yes. are a friend that I know that I'm going to have for the rest of my life, whether just ghouly things continue. Stop, to I'm going to cry. Don't make me cry. <laughs> whether we continue to record just ghouly things, which I would love to record just ghouly things forever and ever and ever. Um, We're going to be like in the nursing home, like <laughs> whatever <laughs> nursing home we end up in, like we're going to be in the community room, like, re- like recording, like, no submission comes to us from our listeners. <laughs> Lily, what should we name this episode? What? What do you say? <laughs> what are we talking about? Ghosts. Huh? Ghosts. But what are we talking about? <laughs> Literally going to be us. Literally going to be us. No, but I completely agree there. You know, you have those friends where you, you know, you meet each other and you instantly click like Rebecca and I did. Like we were these two like paranormal dorks at rehearsal. And like, I remember texting you and you're like, yeah, like Zach Bagans is like my husband. Like, like, honestly, we were like 16 years old. We're like, oh, absolutely. Like, just like, oh my God, I'm getting like misty eyed, like remembering everything. Like, ah, like we met almost 10. I think we met. In 2011. Yeah, so 10 years, pretty much. 10 years. Two years and 10 years. Oh my God, this is insane. But yeah, and it really was like, and then when we were in college, or I guess maybe you had just graduated. um, I think it was either like your senior year of college or you had just graduated because I was a freshman in college. Because I remember telling you about having a crush on the guy who I wound up dating. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, so... um, we had a sleepover and I remember you came over to my house at like 6 a.m. Or, I mean, 6 p.m. or like 7. And we stayed up talking until like 2 a.m. Yeah. Slept, woke up, talked more a little bit. 
but you had trouble waking me up and then you went home. Like that was... Sounds and then we right each other. Yeah, <laughs> literally, you guys, after we recorded the last episode, Rebecca was like, let's watch TV. I was out in five minutes. I was passed out. <laughs> and it was so bad because then, like, my dad came over and Mike came over and, like, they were going in and out of the house. And I was like, gosh, like, Lily's sleeping on the couch. Like, do not disturb her. And they were, like, the thing is they were trying to be quiet, but they still are just loud because, like, they're just clumsy men and yeah Lily slept through everything like honestly <laughs> I could have dropped the bomb right in the room next to her and she would have just been like hmm. all right <laughs> honestly yeah and, I, and then I woke up I heard you say something and you're like are you gonna drive I was like yeah five more minutes and then I woke up and it was dark out like <laughs> yeah like you were like okay I'm gonna leave in five more minutes I'm like it's like are you okay to drive like you clearly were in a deep sleep and you're like give me five minutes and then knocked out again <laughs> You know, Rebecca, there was this thing my friends in high school and I invented called the Sleeping Lily Challenge, <laughs> where they would take pictures of me sleep. They came over, we made plans for like three o'clock in the afternoon once, and they showed up at my house at four, and I came downstairs in a robe, and I was like, what time is it? Are we going or anything? They're like, we're supposed to leave an hour ago. Wait, was that Liv and Maddie? Yes. I remember that. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, Liv, Liv, Maddie, and Aurora. And that, like, they, I fell asleep at my own graduation party. <laughs> we were in the basement playing apples to apples. And I was just like, yeah, man, I'm tired. I'm going to lay down. <laughs> and my mom came downstairs. And she was like, grandma's leaving. And I was like, what? Who? Gra- grandma's like, this bitch can't hang. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, anyways, the sleeping Lily challenge is still in full effect. Um, But no, I agree. Like it's, I left feeling confident and I I knew I was with someone who was like ambitious, you know, and like I knew it was in good hands with like it, with Rebecca being like, essentially the executive producer of the podcast. um, On top of just our awesome friendship, um, just cooling things wouldn't be possible without our boo things, which um, I don't even know how the term Boothangs came up to be a part of our fandom, but I'm so here for it. Two mm-hmm. years later, uh, Boothangs stuck and it's not leaving anytime soon. So thank you guys so much for continuing to listen to shout out our episodes when you listen to them. Um, sharing our posts too, yeah. you know, yeah. buying sharing our their own stories. Yeah. I mean, every little thing, rating and reviewing us on Apple podcasts, like all of that has made such a difference. Um, you have no idea. Um, more specifically, I do want to give a special shout out to James Allen Ross. Uh, this going into the new year of recording, he has officially become a sponsor for our podcast. So he helps sponsor to make this podcast happen. It is not free. It is not cheap to run this mm-hmm. podcast. So with his help, thank you so much. So we've had him on the show before. We've got the haunting of Dylan Claypool. We've got his. Book. I got mine right here. Yes, right on my nightstand. Um, so thank you to James Allen Ross again for just being an amazing booth. And he is one of the OGs. We have so many OGs that have stuck with us the past two years. Oh my um, gosh. So to that, I was thinking, Lily, are you down to take a shot in celebration of just ghoulie things year two? <laughs> Do we even tell? Should we tell them what it is in mine? I think we should tell them what's in your cup, Lil. Yeah, so um, part of, oh God, one second. There's like, I got a hair, like one of my hairs in it when I was pouring it. So for those of you who don't know and don't follow me personally, 
um, on Instagram at Lily Baldessere. Um, I have a torn meniscus and I'm actually having my knee operation tomorrow for which I'm undergoing uh, general anesthesia. So I can't have alcohol. So I was thinking, I was like, okay, if I can't have alcohol and I always drink either Diet Coke or water when we record, I just need to have something different. So I have here a shot of orange juice. So fitting. So fitting. Right? Something out of the ordinary. Honestly, okay. So I'm going to drink alcohol. You know, we have for our sober boo things, we got Lily. And then <laughs> for those that drink alcohol, we have me. This oh my God. That I got for my 21st birthday that a couple of my friends made for me. And I never opened it because I'm really not a vodka drinker. I know we did like a like a quiz on our page a while back of who likes mm-hmm. to drink beer. And I like to drink beer. So this, I'm trying to open this and I don't know. I, you see, so you just twist the top. You don't, I'm very familiar with vodka. You, go. you just got to twist fast. the top off. <laughs> yeah, I got it. I got it. See, it's been that long. Okay. Oh, actually it doesn't smell bad. It's raspberry Smirnoff. And oh. Lily, I'm using the shot glass you got me. Yay! So oh it's from the Haunted Mansion for those that- The spirit holder? Yeah, I love it. Okay. Okay, I'm not taking that big of a shot though because I'm not good with shots. But okay. So Lily, do you have anything to cheers to? Um, Cheers to- having Rebecca in my life again and her giving me something to look forward to, to get through every week and someone to tolerate my shitty memes, only some of which actually make it to the Instagram page. (laughs) And cheers to Lily, my best friend, my co-host, someone who I'm so excited to spend many, many, many more years making very stupid, corny dad jokes with. (laughs) <laughs> and creating an awesome paranormal podcast. So thank you, Boo Thing. I'm gonna get out of I know. I'm like, I'm like, my cheeks hurt from smiling, but I don't know what else to do. <laughs> Rebecca's really out here crying on the Zoom call, guys. <laughs> uh, don't be a bitch. Okay. <laughs> we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. Rebecca can't hang, guys. <laughs> I haven't even started drinking yet. All right, guys. <laughs> we love you so much and cheers. Happy two years. Yeah, that was actually kind of hard for me too. So, all right, now on to why we are doing this two year special. We are going to be reading five stories that our boothangs have sent us recently. So, without further ado, Lily, do you want to take it away with the first spooky, kooky, kooky story? Absolutely. Oh my God. This, are you still recovering from the vodka shot? I. And not, like, I don't get how people go out every single weekend. Like, you guys are warriors. I could never do this. Have you ever had a kamikaze shot? I've heard of it, but what is it? It, you know what? I'm not going to lie. I don't even, it's like whiskey and I think triple sack. Sometimes, some people will put like whiskey and vodka in a kamikaze with like sometimes lime juice. That's it sounds it's so we're going out as soon as like quarantine and everything is lifted and I we're doing we're doing um kamikaze shots <laughs> we're doing more vodka Rebecca you can have all the beer you want um yes. 
where it's happening. The, the world isn't ready for just bully things, um, just just boozy things. <laughs> That's what we'll call. <laughs> yes, just boozy things for our nights out. All right, Lily, what is your first story? I'm sorry. Okay. So my first story, this one is from our boofang, Marco. And he sent us an email. Hey, Rebecca and Lily, been listening to your podcast for a while now and thought I would finally throw my ghost story your way for your consideration. Not sure if it's too long. For what it's worth, it's 100% true, but zero hard feelings if it's not the kind of story you're looking for. Either way, keep up the awesome work. Best, Marco. And I would just like to say, Marco, every story is the story we're looking for. Always. It is called Where's the Baby? So... Is it possible for a house to become attached to its family? And is there a point where the attachment can become obsessive? 18 years ago, I experienced a series of incidents that forever changed my opinion on the supernatural. It was the autumn of 2002, and I had just driven across the country from New York to help my friend Tony move to LA, where I was already living, albeit between apartments. Okay, first of all, Marco, this is you're a dedicated guy. Because imagine, like, you're in New York, and then you, wait, so you're in New York, you fly out to New York, get your friend's shit, and then drive it all to LA? That's a good friend right there. Yeah, I mean, like, Rebecca, I would do that for you, I would do that for, like, my other three best friends, but, like, if it was my brother, hell no. (laughs) That man moved to Chicago on his own, I ain't (laughs) helping him for shit. (laughs) Lily's gonna be sleeping. (laughs) Literally, I'm not even lying. It's funny you say that. When we went out to visit him at his apartment, I actually at the time had an undiagnosed case of mononucleosis. So I was sleeping all the time. Or not his apartment, his condo, sorry. So I went, I like did a spin around the place and was like, this is awesome. And then fell asleep on the couch. Sounds about right. <laughs> Sounds about right. Lily's stamp of approval is if she can sleep in your house. Well, we searched for a place together. We ended up staying with my brother at a single-story home in North Hollywood that he was house-sitting for his friend, a Hollywood stuntman who was in Europe filming a big superhero movie for a couple of months. Holy shit, Rebecca, remind me to become a stuntman. (laughs) Um, This gave us plenty of time to settle in while we searched for a new apartment. The stuntman and his wife had just welcomed their first child, a healthy baby boy, as evident by the newly furnished crib room, decorated with a wall of stuffed animals. They had left behind their two medium-sized dogs, Bart and Lisa, named accordingly because they were actual siblings, which I thought was pretty funny. (laughs) All we had to do was take care of the dogs and keep the place clean. Easy enough, or so I thought. The dogs were the first sign something wasn't right. The single-story home was pretty typical for the San Fernando Valley. It had a walled-in backyard with a swimming pool and a guest house, but otherwise not a lot of space to roam around or hide in. And yet, Bart and Lisa would periodically go missing for random stretches of time. This scared the crap out of us because we thought someone left a door open or a gate ajar, allowing them to run away. But this was never the case. We checked under beds, inside closets, and anywhere else they could possibly be hiding. Given their size, this was a pretty limited number of spaces. Perhaps most disturbingly, when they did turn up, we found them sitting, actually, more like cowering, in a far corner of the backyard, facing the cinder block walls that defined the property. They were spooked by something that my brother and Tony shrugged off as 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 normal animal behavior. 
They were just not used to us being around, my brother reasoned. They probably missed their family. But soon enough, he says, I would discover they weren't the only ones who felt that way. One morning, as I went to take a shower, no water came out. Just a creaking sound of pipe straining, followed by a stream of mud. In fact, mud began to rise up from drains all over the house, as well as the faucets, whenever they were turned on, and sometimes when they weren't. We couldn't shower, flush toilets, or wash dishes. Dishes. Not exactly ideal. Huh. When a plumber arrived and looked into it, he determined a root system breached the pipe. Bre- holy crap! Breached the pipes and allowed mud to infiltrate the plumbing. He also added that he had never seen an entire house affected by this problem, nor so suddenly. It took several more days for the plumber to come back with an entire team to rip up the front lawn with heavy machinery and replace the pipes that fed the house with water. In the meantime, we had to use friends' showers and the bathroom of a nearby supermarket to hold us over. Yeah, it wasn't a lot of fun. It would only dawn on me later that maybe the house or whatever was in it was trying to make things uncomfortable in order to get rid of us. Makes sense. Oh, yeah. As unsettling as the dog's behavior was, coupled with the bizarre plumbing issue, I wasn't connecting the dots just yet. It wasn't until I came home one evening and saw its face that I realized we were not alone. I was the only one there at the time. It wasn't late, but already dark outside on account of being late autumn. I had to go to the bathroom, and as I passed the crib room, I casually glanced inside and saw, staring at me from within the wall of stuffed animals, a human face. I just got goosebumps. The face was androgynous and, from what I could tell, completely hairless. Its eyes were dark holes, devoid of expression, and yet, somehow, I could tell it was staring right at me. It looked solemn, like a statue, um, completely different from the cute and fuzzy toys surrounding it. I'm not proud to admit I let out a panicked yell and jumped back. Adrenaline took over, and I found myself turning on all the lights in the house along with the TV. I guess I wanted to make the place feel as normal as possible. It was only then that I dared go back to the crib room and peer inside. But the face was no longer there. Now, I don't know, Rebecca, what do you think is scarier? The face being gone or the face still being there? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I, I don't know. They're both fucking horrifying for different reasons. What, do you, what right? would you say? Oh, well, okay, if it's gone, you know, like, as some, you know, as one of the many people with trust issues, I'd be like, is it going to pop back in my face? Right? Yeah. Or is it or is it gone for good? But if it's still there, you're like, holy shit, why is it still there? What does it want? True. You know, I, like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like if I saw if I if I saw it and then I turned away and then I and then I didn't see it, I'd be like, maybe I could rationalize it's like I'm seeing things. But if I that's true my eyes and then saw it again, I'm like, okay, I'm fucked. Yeah, true. I knew it was impossible for it to have been an actual person because of where I had seen it. Okay, I thought to myself, the ambient streetlight from outside the window must have cast the stuffed animals in a weird shadow. Just an optical illusion. Get a grip. So, Rebecca, that does go back to what you say about if you only see it once, you can just say you're seeing things. Mm -hmm. 
As autumn transitioned into winter, I ended up moving in from the guest house to sleep on the living room couch while my brother used the master bedroom and Tony used the guest bedroom. I did this with some reluctance because I didn't entirely believe I imagined that horrible face in the crib room and I never wanted to see it again. But the guest house lacked proper installation, so it got pretty chilly in there at night. I decided to suck it up and just ignore the impending sense of unease that was building up inside of me. And at first, it was easy to do. Until the night that changed everything. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Thank you. I was hoping you'd do that. Okay. Here we go. I awoke on the couch around 4 a.m. Yikes. With my heart jackhammering in my chest and adrenaline surging through me. I was instantly alert, but could barely see anything in the darkness. I didn't recall having a bad dream and the house was eerily silent. Instead, I experienced what can only be described as some form of telepathy. It felt like someone or something put a thought in my head. This thought didn't convey itself with words, more like a feeling. And if I had to articulate this feeling, it was asking, where is the baby? Oh, that was the thought that I woke up with, or rather the thought that woke me up. Now, I realize that claiming to have thoughts that aren't your own is a definition of insanity. But the fact is, in the roughly 20 years since that night, nothing like this has happened to me. Thank God. Because what happened next still gives me chills when I think about it. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> well, I was processing the strange and intrusive question asked of me from out of nowhere. I could hear the dogs starting to chase something around the house. Oh, no. Okay. Um, this was unusual because they were pretty old and extremely lethargic. In fact, I had never seen them run once since I arrived weeks ago. And yet the distinct sound of their claws scrapping against the hardwood floors from one side of the house to another and back again, it was unmistakable. They went around like this for a couple of minutes. And my hope was that they were just chasing a mouse around or maybe a raccoon was outside. Also scary, by the way, a mouse in the house. So, you know, I wouldn't discount you, Marco, for being scared shitless of that too. Either way, there was no falling back asleep anytime soon. So I decided to turn the on the light and watch some TV on mute. Anything to take my mind off of that chilling question, where is the baby? Only when I turned the light on, I was filled with dread. Bart and Lisa were curled up together on their beds, ah! snoring soundly. In fact, turning on the light caused them to stir awake and yawn. One thing had become disturbingly clear. Whatever was running around the house at 4 a.m. with what sounded like claws was not the dogs, despite sounding large enough to be mistaken for them. Mm. At that point, I grabbed a bottle of whiskey from the kitchen, gently knocked on Tony's door, and pulled him outside where we sat on the front steps. He was bleary-eyed as he lit a cigarette and I drank from the bottle, my mind still reeling. I didn't care how crazy I sounded. I just needed to not be in that house for a while. I told him what I had experienced, and he did his best to listen with a straight face. To his credit, Tony didn't make me feel like a total lunatic, but he clearly did not have any similar experiences during our time there. Once the alcohol calmed my nerves, we parted ways and I spent the last hours before dawn anticipating more unrest, but nothing else happened. 
Later that day, when I once again had the house to myself, I addressed it out loud in an effort to clear the air. I said something to the effect of, I got your message and don't worry. We are just visiting and your family will be back with the baby soon. We won't be here much longer. I felt silly doing this, but figured it couldn't hurt one way or another. Before the month was through, Tony and I had found an apartment and I was relieved on more than one level to leave the house behind. (laughs) Well, nothing else out of the ordinary occurred there for the rest of our stay. I could never shake the feeling that something was always watching us. Or should I say me? But why only me? I've since learned that this phenomena isn't entirely uncommon. Sometimes people can live in haunted houses and never know it, while others can walk inside and become instantly aware that something isn't right. I guess some people are just more open and receptive to these things than others. We have since lost touch with that family over the intervening years, but I still question if the house's interest in the baby was entirely protective. I hope for their sake it was, because nothing should be that obsessed with a child other than their parents. Least of all, something with claws. The end. Ah, that's so true. Anything with claws is a no for me, dog. Anyways, thanks, Marco, for the story. I will not be sleeping tonight. And um, since I am at my parents' house tonight with a dog whose nails need to be clipped, I will probably have a night terror reenacting that entire story. Thanks, Marco. You're the thanks, best. Thanks, Marco. You're the best. <laughs> okay, Rebecca, what do you have? <laughs> So, um, you know, we always talk about sending us your stories through our email, which is just cool. Thanks podcast at gmail.com. Um, but on my website, RebeccaRuber.com, I do have a, a page for specifically just cool things where it has all of our links of where you can listen to us on all our different streaming channels. Um, and also I have an, an option to contact us, to send your stories, to submit them. It's, a super easy process. You just put your name, you can put your phone number if you want, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I honestly just put it up, not thinking anything of it, but we've actually gotten a few submissions through there in the past week. So this is one of the first ones we received and it starts by saying, hi there. So apparently I thought I'd be safe from a ghost as a trans female, but that's not true. So, okay. So writing this as I listened to episode 2.17, fuck, I love your podcast and both of your accents. I'm a northerner, LOL. And I'm fangirling over you guys replying to me. Oh, that made my delicate heart. This is by um, a girl named Kyra. Kyra, Kyra. Yes, 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 yes. I love Kyra. Okay, continue. She goes, I'm fangirling over you guys, replying to me, ugh, that made my delicate heart melt. Okay, so for the stories. The first one, when I was a child, I would obviously go to bed, but I had a loft bed, so I slept a good foot from the ceiling. This is important from my viewpoint. So as a child, I lived in a small Native American town in Indiana, a little town called Argos. It was next to Rochester where they title the Trail of Death for Tourism. Insert rolling eyes. You should know you shouldn't capitalize on that. But but was originally known as the Trail of Tears, a very terrible place. Anywho, so this happened for multiple years. Started maybe at eight years old, as far back as I can remember. And every night I would be forced to go to bed at 8 p.m. Christian cult homeschool family story for another day, LOL. Multiple spooky things happened with that too. Shit, I'm getting off topic. So already in bed, I would always kind of lay there every night awake forever because of thoughts going through my head. But around the same time, 
every night, 11 p.m. to 12 a.m., a figure would appear on the staircase to the upstairs I could clearly see from my room. A cloaked figure would continue up the stairs, would come around the railing, and continue walking towards my room. I wouldn't be able to move. I know I wasn't scared. Well, maybe just slight scared, but more curious. Anywho's it. This thing I would describe as just... Just as like a grim reaper looking motherfucker. <laughs> oh, hell no. <laughs> a grim reaper looking motherfucker. That's an insult. What the hell are you looking at, you grim reaper looking motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> would come right under my doorway. And at that point, I would freak out, close my eyes for a second and open them. And then the figure would be gone. This happened for lots of years every night, which leads me to my second experience. My parents' room directly across from mine, a small walkway from the railing, and my sister's on the left right next to my parents. My mom, my mom had a Raggedy Ann doll on this weird crafted shelf above their bed, and I would walk by her room even during the day, and the doll would be shifted in different directions. Mm-hmm. And I just want to let you guys know that Annabelle the I was thinking Annabelle, this. is Raggedy Ann. So, mm, sis. Yeah, this- this is not good. This is not, this is not going well, babe. So, um, it always gave me very dooming vibes. Thirdly, I would go into my sister's room because it was cold. I have a hatred for hot weather. haha. But anyways, it, it was in her closet was a little piece of wood big enough for a person screwed to the wall. So at like 10 years old, I snuck a screwdriver. My dad would have killed me if he knew. And I unscrewed it, got a flashlight, went into explore And I swear to this day, I saw, chill, a shadow in that part of the attic that I would occasionally Mm. visit and explore the attic while that shadow would just sit around as I explored. Weirdly, weirdly, the older I got, he, they, slightly androgynous, but slightly masculine vibe would get- This is like the episode of androgynous spirits, and I'm here for it. Yeah, because Marco said that the one that he saw was androgynous too, and honestly, like it's 2021. Let let these things happen. I'm 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 here for it. Yes. So um, he they slightly androgynous but slightly masculine vibe would get more bad vibes to the point I stopped visiting that part of the house. And the next year we moved. We moved to West Virginia. It was awful. To a Bible college campus for my dad. I got weird and bad vibes the whole time we were there. Whether I was in the house, the upstairs incredibly unsettling, or in the woods. Since then, everywhere I travel to, everywhere I live, there's always spooky stuff and bad stuff happens. I don't think I'm a shitty person, so I think what might have been in my house as a child may have stuck with me. Still trying to figure it out and figuring out what to do. Hope you lovely ladies are having a splendid night. Stay sleazy, never easy, and stay spooky-ooky. And that is from Kyra. Never easy. We need that to be merch. Kyrie, you're getting a cut of it. Don't worry. Stay sleazy, never easy. Oh I love that. That's my new, like, as again, as soon as things ease up, like, that's my going out motto. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. You, you remember Kesha with the get sleazy and it was like the dollar sign? Classic. Dude, I there's, pic- Rebecca, I think you can view them on my, on my Facebook. I went to see Kesha with my dad. And I made my own blue lipstick by crushing up blue eyeshadow and mixing it with a clear lip gloss. Stop and, it. And there's pictures of me and I put like a dollar sign on my cheek. 
There are some things we don't talk about publicly, Lily, and that is one of them. <laughs> this is going on the Instagram. This is going on for our two-year anniversary announcement. Yes. This has to, There's no other... There's, it would be irresponsible for me to keep those to myself, those gems. It would be selfish of me. You know what's even more fucked is the fact that, like, both, like, not even just one of your parents, like, both Amy and Mike let you get out of the house looking like that. And they thought it was completely acceptable. <laughs> and they let me take photos. Like, I'm so <laughs> mad. They were like, oh, yeah, do that and document it. And then post it, and then post it on the internet forever. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Fucking <laughs> assholes. I really felt like I really thought, and this is what we said about our Jonas Brothers concerts too. Like, I thought she was gonna pick me out of the crowd and be like, wow, she's a dedicated fan. Come on up here. Yeah, and then you can become best friends with Kesha. Yeah, which of course I'm always down for. She seems awesome, but seems like a cool chick. Yeah, that was <laughs> all right. Well, for that, I'm gonna take another shot because that was actually horrid to watch. <laughs> So we're going to just take a little shot while you read your second story. Cause, um, oh my God. that was, uh, that was something I, that was actually, Tell me you were a theater kid without saying you were a theater kid. This one is from our listener, Ashlyn, who you may know from being a guest host on our quarantine spooky story special. That's our girl. She's, she is like one of our most active boothangs. I think she's amazing. She's hilarious she's sweet so and she sent in um stories before so we have another from her and the subject of this one is i can't believe i haven't told you so it says hello my favorite boothangs and of course loki so i can't believe i never emailed you guys this i should have i am so ashamed of myself lol so i used to work at this daycare i don't work at a Oh, sorry. I used to work at a daycare. Don't work at a daycare unless you have a special something, something to work with 15 plus kids at one time. <laughs> Trust me. It's not for everybody. Oh, geez. I can't so, right. Like I can barely handle my eight year old cousin. Imagine 15 of them, half his age. <laughs> I could never. So how the daycare was set up is there was one main room where we majority of the time had all the kids and through these double doors was another playroom along with another playroom on the other side of this wall that had a huge opening to where you could look over into it. I was told by my manager to go and straighten up this room because we had just gotten the kids out of there and into the main room. As I was straightening up the toys, I was hearing what sounded like blocks being played with. Now, the kids in the main room were having snack time, so none of them were playing with any toys, and I made sure to double-check. So I looked over the wall to make sure that there wasn't a kid that snuck over there to play with toys because occasionally it did happen, and there was nobody there. I thought to myself, I'm just going to ignore it because maybe there's a kid in the main room playing with blocks, and I just can't see them. So my manager needed my help in the main room to clean up a mess that was made. I went and helped her and went back to the other room to straighten up some more. And I heard the same noise, blocks being played with. And what sounded like a child giggling, which, yeah, that shit's scary. No way. So I walked through the door into the other room to make sure that a child wasn't just hiding from me and playing. And there was nobody there. To this day, I have no idea what was going on. 
I'm thinking maybe a child had passed away and they're just attracted to that area of the playroom. Maybe it was their happy place for them to come down back to, but I don't know. It scared the living shit out of me. I quit the daycare a few months ago because the stress was unreal and I haven't heard anything from my old coworker to see if it has happened since. But let me tell you, the scariest sound in the world is hearing a child giggle and not having a child be there. Love you, Boo Thang, so much. You have an amazing day and can't wait for another Bagel Boy story. <laughs> well, I have to say, we have talked about this multiple times on our podcast about how the scariest sound is hearing a child laughing. We hate hearing children laugh. Yeah, I mean, listen, if it's like a cute baby, like playing with a ball, I'm here for it. But like a disembodied child's giggle could send me just off the rails. That's terrifying. It's a no from me, dog. And honestly, I would like to say to Ashlyn, it's a good thing you left because I feel like child ghosts, right? Target other children. Like you see the kids with imaginary friends like you see on all the TV shows. And they're like, oh, this is my friend Bill, right? Mm -hmm. But this is an intelligent ghost. If it's like, ooh, playing with blocks, psych, I'm not here. Ooh, playing with blocks, psych, I'm not here. There's not even any blocks, right? And like, an adult is noticing instead of all the kids talking about a kid who doesn't exist, right? Like, I imagine a genuine child, and maybe this is just my mind going dark, but like a genuine child spirit would be playing with the kids and all the kids would be talking about the new guy, Tommy. And they'd be like, well, we don't have a Tommy in daycare, right? Ooh, you took a dark turn with that one. I did. And I wish I didn't, but like automatically I'm like, well, you know, you hear about it, right? Little kid spirits, like, who play with other kids because that's where they were at and that's where they stay, which is, you know, heartbreaking, but sweet. But imagine being, like, the only... And I'm just freaking Ashlyn out more, and I'm sorry, but, like, honestly, that's good that you're gone because fuck that. <laughs> well, we got to explore our options, right? Like, you have, you have that option of it can either be... If this was an old building, it could have been a child that died and they just are lonely and they just want to play and maybe the other yeah. kids, for whatever reason, don't see the spirit. Or yeah. it could be that this being is actually just taking the body of like a child spirit and pretending to be a child spirit. And then once they get you in a vulnerable state, state then try to like attack you. Exactly. Um, to like kind of get your guard down. But I guess Ashton doesn't have to worry about that anymore. So moving on. <laughs> Good fucking riddance. Okay. So my last story also comes from uh, one of the uh, submissions that we got on RebeccaRuber.com. And mm-hmm. this is from Will. And it starts by saying, I just found your podcast in the past couple of weeks because y'all followed me on Instagram. I'm a student and I've been swamped the past couple of weeks, so I haven't been able to give a good listen, but I've been trying to be more open with sharing my stories recently. So I have a few to tell. So I'm assuming by this time he's listened to our podcast as, and is in love with us and has bought all our merch. So cool. Thanks, Will. Um, anyway, a little background. <laughs> we love you, Will. A little background on me. My name is Will, and I'm a student at Texas Tech University. Paranormal sense runs strongly in my family on my mother's side. My great-grandmother, Armenia, was a uh, a medium and, uh, as far as I've been told, was born and raised in a stereotypical gypsy caravan. All of our children were very spiritually active, my grandfather included. Of my grandfather's children, only my mother and uncle were born with that sense. However, my mother has since repressed it due to bad experiences she won't talk about. I do not know where my uncle stands. Of my generation, I'm the only one born with that sense. 
though very easily turned off and on when I please, unless the spirit is very powerful. I have a couple of different stories, all of which will be broken up into separate sections. I'm leaving out petty sightings of shadow people and ambient paranormal activity because I want to focus on the bigger events that actually concern me. I know many other less exciting stories from my life and many intense stories from the lives of my mother, grandfather, and great-grandfather if you'd like to hear them, but these are my most important personal ones. This one is titled The Second Floor Ghost. So the house I grew up in was built in the late 1800s and located in a small town outside of Dallas. The house was renovated in the late 1990s or early 2000s and new parts were added on including the kitchen, my parents' bedroom slash bath, and the third floor. The house is occupied by two ghosts, one that is confined to the old house, but primarily resides in the second story guest bedroom above my room and the one that lives on the third floor. The one on the third floor is the spirit of a young girl, but she is quite harmless. Though creepy as hell, all she does is open the blinds whenever you close them. The other spirit, however, is far creepier. I do not have a nickname for her like I do for a couple other recurring spirits, but for simplicity's sake, I'll call her Karen. (laughs) (laughs) My my family, specifically the men in my family, my dad and I, have had plenty of trouble with Karen. When I was a little kid, I remember... We've all had trouble with Karen. (laughs) I just had to say it. (laughs) When I was a little kid, I remember being kind of freaked out of the second floor because I got a weird feeling from being up there. I know now that the feeling I experience is the presence of a spirit, not good or bad, just a simple presence. So while I understandably am uncomfortable, I still never felt particularly threatened. My dad, for his part, had been chased off the second floor a few times by Karen, but she never actually harmed him. He just got the overwhelming feeling that he needed to leave, which is a lot considering that he is not very susceptible to spirits. Now, as I started to grow up and become an adult male, Karen grew increasingly more hostile to me as well. I could not be on the second floor alone, though I could go to the third floor and be fine, which leads me to believe that she's confined to the, quote, old house, end quote. Anytime I would mention her in an offhand comment or while telling ghost stories in the house, I would get overcome by this feeling of hate and that I should not be talking about her. In addition to this, I would feel a presence behind me. The greatest example of this can be seen around the start of the pandemic. I was in my room talking to some friends about paranormal stuff over the phone when all of a sudden I felt the second most overwhelming sense of evil and malice that I've ever felt in my life and a present form behind me. I ceased the discussion immediately and after a little bit of time, the feeling and presence went away. I can barely sleep at home anymore. While writing this, I also came to the conclusion that I barely got to sleep my last couple of years at home as well. My sleep was restless and plagued with night terrors brought on by the spirit. Many nights, she would just stand in my room and watch me sleep. Some may have found it motherly if it had not been for the feeling that I was being stalked by a predator who was just playing with her food. Every time time I go back home now, it's worse than the last, and that is a problem because my parents seem to think that I just don't want to see them anymore. Anyhow, that is the story of Karen. It is ongoing, and I expect that it'll only get worse. It's awful, but it's manageable. It could always be worse, but... She could also be trying to possess me. Ha ha. No big deal. Just trying to possess Yeah, I love ending on the ha ha. That was a good, that was a good move. So I definitely believe that this spirit, Karen, that he's talking Mm -hmm. about in this first story, I have a couple more, um, is definitely a residual haunting. Like she is kind of, it's weird. It kind of seems like she bounces back from being intelligent to also just being residual because it seems like she is stuck in this confine of what she in her lifetime grew up around. Yeah, um, that's true. Like if you grow up, 
you know, and like you're the matriarch of a family, like you're checking in on them every night. Like they're your responsibility. But it also kind of seems like she is aware that someone's in her house and maybe she just doesn't like the fact that there are people there. When she's like, maybe she isn't aware that she's dead. And she's like, why the hell are you here? Like, get the hell out of my house. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, it's possible that, you know, this, you know, spirit could be a residual, like habitually in the past for however long has been residual and only is just now registering holy shit, what's happening? So now this experience he has is titled The Watcher. The Watcher is the entity-approved nickname of a spirit that either lives in my dorm or has attached itself to me that enjoys watching me sleep but obeys privacy rules at the same time. We like that. Mm-hmm. The first year I was We love college, boundaries. We love boundaries. The first year I was in college, I was in the brand new honors dorms. There was absolutely no spiritual activity and it is the best I've ever slept in my entire life. This year, however, I am in a different dorm. I knew that something in my room fell off when I moved in, but after the first night, nothing had happened, so I felt safe enough. The first time I ever felt a real encounter with the watcher was the first weekend that my roommate left to go home. We used to have a no-closed-room door policy, so we left our doors wide open at night, apartment-style dorm. When he left for the weekend, however, I was obviously feeling kind of creeped out, as one normally does in an empty living quarter, so I closed and luckily locked my door that night. No sooner that I dove in bed did my doorknob begin to shake as if someone was trying to get in. Eventually, it gave up. The next night, however, it made sure to enter my room before I closed and locked the door and stood in the corner of the room as I tried to fall asleep. The feeling that washed over me from its presence felt as if it were saying, never do that again. So I did. Oh, oh, no, no, no. After going home and dealing with Karen again for a month this winter, I decided that when I got back, I'm going to have a closed door sleeping policy. It has made my sleep much more peaceful, but the times I, that I forget to close and lock my door are the nights I wake up to the shadowy, smiling man staring me down with hunger in his eyes from the crack in my doorway. Oh, uh-huh. and then he sent one more, and it's titled New Experience. After I'd written these down and threw them in a document, not even the next night, as I'm dropping my girlfriend off at her house at 3 a.m., I'm watching watching her from the car and making sure she gets inside okay, like I normally do. And the second she closes the, the door, I see something chase after her. It was a presence that felt incredibly similar to the one of the watcher, yet somewhat different. Since the watcher for whatever reason, obeys privacy rules. I figured she was at no harm since she closed the door before it got to her, but it was an incredibly terrifying experience since I don't normally see things. I just feel them. A lot less detailed than I could make it, but I have a ton of stuff I have to do tonight, and this is my break, LOL. Thank you, and that is from Will. So thank you, Will. That was an awesome, awesome email. For Will, like, as far as this goes, it could be, you know, like, clearly this has been passed down. You know, he, you know, comes from this, long line of Romnishal gypsies who were very in touch and like you always see the stereotype of like the gypsy with the crystal ball but you know it's true like there are people and especially we've spoken about the more open you are the more likely you are to experience stuff and if your whole culture and your whole family's vibe is there's other beings out there there's other spirits that we can't see sometimes can't hear we can't touch we can't hold right like They're going to be more open to you. Okay. My last story comes from Dakota Brock, who is one of our, I I believe, like our newer boothangs. So, yes. So, 
she has written us an email with a very interesting, um, what's it called? Subject called, am I developing a psychic ability? And this is interesting because I feel like we've never really gotten anything like this before. You know, like we've heard of people meeting with psychics or people who are psychics, but never anyone like slowly starting to get in touch. Yeah. So this reads, hey girlies, some interesting things have been happening and I love you guys so much that I can't help but to tell you. So these things that have been happening that everyday people would say are a coincidence are happening way too often. The first experience happened when I was going to the hospital to get a procedure. I was really nervous about it. So perhaps my senses were heightened because of that. Side note, I want to say thank you because this procedure was a very tough and painful time for me. My little female body did not enjoy it. But whenever it was getting too bad, I would listen to your podcast and it would help distract me from the pain. So thank you for all that you do. So I'm crying in the club right now. (laughs) Are you crying in the club right now? We love you, Dakota. We fucking love you, Dakota. Holy shit. And you're very strong. And I'm, I'm, oh God, I can't, I can't, I can't handle any more emotion tonight. Like my German side is kicking in and I'm just not allowing myself to feel anymore. Um, where was I? My mom and I were walking into the elevator. And as I was walking in, I just had this feeling. It was almost like a thought was planted into my head that said, put your hand in front of the door or do whatever you can to keep the doors open. I thought about it and almost even reached my hand out, but then I didn't and decided to ignore the feeling. Then when the lady behind us walked in, she was hit by the door. Was my sixth sense telling me to stop that from happening? Also, don't worry. The lady was just fine. (laughs) (laughs) The next thing happened about a week later and actually might have saved me from a car accident. I was driving with my mom in an intersection trying to drive straight and there was a car directly across from me trying to go left. Right before the light turned green, I saw a vision of the car turning left. It looked like a hologram of the car turning left. This time, I decided to trust what I saw, and good thing I did. When my light turned green, I started driving very slowly. My mom gave me this look of, why aren't you driving? And then the car turned left, just like in my vision. If I had decided to drive, I would have gotten into an accident. The craziest part was when I was talking to my mom about it later, And she said the same thing happened to her about a month before. When she was driving home, one day, she was in an intersection and it was her turn to go. But something told her not to drive, to stay put. Next thing you know, there was a crazy car crash right in front of her. Wow. After this experience, only a few small things happened. Like I would think of someone and they would text me a few seconds later. This happened a lot, but didn't start happening until my first experience at the hospital. Then two things happened in the span of two hours. So I was going on my very last behind the wheel driving lesson. About 30 minutes in, I was just driving and talking to my instructor, let's call him Bob, when he turned the radio on. I thought I heard the song, Don't You Forget About Me on the radio, but quickly realized it was a different song and that song was playing in my head. I thought this was weird because I hadn't heard the song in a really long time, but I brushed it off. Two songs later, the exact song came on. It was strange, but I ignored it. Near the end of our drive, Bob asked me to pull over so he could fill out some paperwork. While he was filling it out, it was silent for a few minutes. I started looking around and noticed that there was a graveyard right across the street. 
there was something with this graveyard. I was just so drawn to it and stared at it for most of the time he was filling out the paperwork. I almost asked Bob about it, but decided against it. Then he tells me that his mom is buried there. Then he tells me the story of the time he was with a student and the car broke down in the very spot we pulled over at. Granted, it was an old car, but why there of all places? This next one isn't really psychic powers, but something was definitely watching out for me this day. About a few days ago, I was going to drive my mom and I to a couple of errands so that I can get some driving practice for my test. We planned to take my car, but the engine light was on. My mom doesn't let anyone else but herself drive her car, so that wasn't an option. And we thought my grandma was working, so she was using her car. It would seem I had no options, and maybe it was made that way on purpose. I was joking to my mom, saying, maybe it's a sign I shouldn't be driving today. And later, that would prove to be true. My mom was now driving us in her car, and when we were on the freeway, some guy tried to squeeze right in between us, and a semi-truck was merging lanes. Not to mention multiple, and I'm talking three or more people, cut her off that day. Call it a coincidence, but if that had been me driving, I probably wouldn't have reacted fast enough because I'm a new driver. Another creepy coincidence was we didn't find out my grandma wasn't at work until after that whole thing happened. So I could have taken her a car, but honestly, I'm just glad I didn't know until after. And that's true because like, what if she had taken her grandmother's car driven on those same roads? Like those drivers still would have been out there. Yeah. Right? Like that idiot still would have tried to squeeze in between the cars with the semi, like obviously. And then we have a bonus story. Yesterday, I was grocery shopping with my mom and saw some beef jerky and asked if we could get it. She, of course, said no, because I think we all know how expensive jerky can be. Um, I'm not going to lie, Dakota, I do not. But <laughs> I, I, you know, my, my brother, Rebecca, did I ever tell you this, that my brother actually before quarantine tried making his own beef jerky? I did not know that. Yeah. I did not know. Yeah. He tried making his own beef jerky and then he went to Israel for work, loved the hummus there, came back and put all of his jerky making energy into hummus. So that's a little fun fact for you. Hmm. Okay. So anyways, so Dakota's mom is not trying to spend money on jerky. She says, I didn't bring any money, so I just had to deal with it, but I still wanted some. Today, my grandma went for a drive, not telling me where she was going, and came back with a giant bag of beef jerky. And no, I didn't mention anything about the jerky to her. So something is listening. Is listening. Listening. Something is listening. Coincidence? I don't know. Beef jerky? Heck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Love you guys, Dakota. Oh, God, Dakota. Thank you so much for that story. And I think that your spirit guides are just... Kicking it into maximum overdrive. Yeah, I agree with Rebecca, though. Like, the spirit guides are definitely, you know, like, built different for you. And as far as, like, the psychic ability goes, I could see it, like, starting to develop because these are all things, like, I had, uh, Rebecca, I told you I had what you talked about, like, a year ago where you were in the car and you thought, deer? And then a deer jumped out? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, everyone has those little moments, but... Dakota seems to have had a lot in a short period of time. That's so true. Which to me is just indicative of a gift starting to blossom. Yeah. I, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see if she sends us any more follow-up stories. So Dakota, which posted. 
Yes, which I hope she does. Well, on that note, Boo Things, that concludes this special two-year anniversary episode of Just Ghoulie Things. Again, thank you so much, Boo Things, for continuing to listen to us throughout these past couple of years. It has been awesome being able to create this podcast with Lily. And Lily, do you have any other final words before we shout out our socials? I have so many final words. Like, I got so caught up in Kyra's say sleazy, not easy, that I also forgot to tell her, uh, or ask, rather, what's up with the Annabelle doll now? Because that should probably be taken care of gently, considering the fact that it moves position. Like, I feel like I didn't spend enough time. Like, we didn't spend enough time discussing that because we were so caught up in our new catchphrase. But, like, you know, scary dolls are scary dolls. But when you see a Raggedy Ann doll misbehaving, like, you best join the witness protection program. Yeah, yeah. Change the whole name and everything. Oh, yeah. But no, I, I, I agree. Like, you know... It's just another great episode of a great podcast and an amazing experience. And I love all of our listeners and I love you, Rebecca. And thank you for letting me tag along on this adventure. It's been really great. It wouldn't be just glowing things about you, Lil. I feel like we're, we make an awesome team. We really do make a great team. We are really, we really are awesome partners. Cause I feel like we have so many things in common, but we're also so different. Exactly. It's so complimentary. Yeah, we're like equal parts of carbon copy and then like opposite. What do they call polar opposites? Yes. Polar. <laughs> Perfectly said. I almost said the word opposite magnet because you know how you learn about poles? <laughs> I'm so tired. I'm thinking about the two magnets and there's like. Rrr, rrr. Yeah, <laughs> opposite magnets. All right. This is our cue to just shout out our socials because I'm fucking tired. So tired. Me too. Follow us on Instagram at Just Ghoulie Things Podcast. Our personal Instagrams at Rebecca Ruber and at Lily Baldessari. Twitter, JGT Podcast. Facebook like page, Just Ghoulie Things Podcast. Facebook private group, Just Ghoulie Things Podcast group. Donate to that Patreon, Just Ghoulie Things Podcast. Uh, You could totally buy our merch. So for that, you could go to RebeccaRuber.com slash shop, find our merch there. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience that you'd like to share on our show, feel free to email us at JustCoolyThingsPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, Boo Thanks, and we will talk to Boo next week. Goodbye. Alex Knight, the world's foremost authority on Bigfoot research, heads to Canada to investigate a profoundly incredible Bigfoot encounter. His daughter, Sydney, eagerly joins the expedition, accompanied by reluctant Toronto television hostess, Amira Ali. Sid and her father's team adventure north in pursuit of the legendary Sasquatch. Prophecy from a forgotten Algonquin tribe and a mystical calling deeply connect Sydney to the creature. The revelation of unknown truths ensures that Sid will never see the forest or herself the same again. Get your copy of James Allen Ross's Spirit of the Woods, the story of a young woman's encounter with Bigfoot now for the price of $9.99 paperback and $0.99 on Kindle. Available on Amazon.